Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Wayfinder Podcast. I am one half of your lovely host, Ty. Drawn out. I am uh, the other half. Um, some would like to say the better half. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Disgusting. Kind of. I'm Kaylee. Hi there. Oh my God. What a revelation. So today we're doing. <laughs> Wow. Somewhat of a bonus episode because we're we're quite ahead on everything that we're doing. So we thought we could give back to y'all at a live Q&A. What that means is uh, we have no talking points. And our child is present, BT Dubs. Yeah, we have no talking points until we get questions asked. So that could be a year from now. That could be five years from now, I guess. Uh, oh, do we have one? Oh, no. No. Well, That's just you refreshing your page. We are currently on the know. Twitter, and Ty has asked a question, I guess. Which question have you asked? Asked us anything. It's a statement. Oh, it's whatever. more of a statement. My bad. Yeah. So. It is a command. You must do it. So anyway, a uh, side note. Uh, did you hear this information about the, the didact and the secret of the Sith's book? I have not. Please tell. So this is the visualization of the didact. Did I say didact? I don't know. What in the world is that thing? This is the dyad in the force. Ah, okay. That is weird looking. For a millennium, the Sith have adhered to the rule of two, but this decree is said to merely be a pale imitation of its predecessor, the doctrine of the dyad. Legends claim that the two beings sharing this profound connection gain access to a great number of abilities, skills beyond the grasp of even most powerful force wielders. So what do you think of the dyad? So what that's telling me is that basically Ben and Ray have way more abilities than anybody else possible. Why are you talking about that? But I mean, right? Even the book uh, shared uh, the quote uh, from Palpatine where it's like a bond like life, a bond like life itself. Right. It's something that nobody else really has a connection to or could ever possibly understand. But I think there's also a passage about, um, if I can Google it real fast, there's a there's a couple passages here. It says there are a few secrets of the Force that I have yet to master, uh, presumably from Palpatine or Snoke's perspective. But our Order's ancient prophecies, Palpatine, um, speak of one fabled manifestation unseen for generations: a dyad. This pairing of two beings, strong in the Force, linked together by an unbreakable bond, creates a power as strong as life itself. It also goes on to say here, members of the Dyad were believed to be capable of transferring their life force to heal others. Some could even pass physical objects through time and space in an instant. If two Sith were bonded so deeply as to transcend their physical beings... The power they could unlock together would know no limits. So you're saying that nobody else besides somebody within the dyad can heal others? No, because force healing is is a Jedi ability. Well, right, but that just said that even people within the dyad have, were known to be able to pass life or to heal others <sighs> through the force. But Let me Ray, reread Ray, that quote you know according to rise of skywalker learns how to do that from the sacred jedi text yep let me reread that okay i'll try to pay more attention okay so this doesn't presume or assume that if you force heal 
that is an exclusive dyad trait. It just says members of a dyad were believed to be capable of transferring their life force to heal others. But is that not just the same thing that I said? No. I'm so confused because they have been known. So it's not saying that it's solely towards or it's solely like based with somebody from the dyad. It's across the I mean, who Grogu be a dyad with? Who Grogu be? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make no sense. I don't know. Um, that was just a weird way that they put that. Um, it's because the ability to heal other people isn't an exclusive dyad trait. It's just saying that if you are a part of the dyad, your powers are, are not exclusive but not limited to. Okay. Because Grogu's done it. And um, the Knights of the Old Republic games, which is no longer canon, but whatever. Um, you could force heal there. Um, but also in the Knights of the Old Republic game, you had Bastilla and Revan. You had Bastilla and Revan who were looked at somewhat as like the dyad before Ray and Ben. So I'm curious there to see um, how that's expanded. Do you have any more comments on the dyad? I mean, when, who exactly came out with this again? It's in the book Secrets of the Sith. It's from the Ew. perspective of different Siths throughout history. So is that canon? Yes, any Ooh. book that's released Anymore. after the the Disney purchase is basically canon. I might want to read that book because I want to know more. Well, it's like a it's not like a kid's book. It's just like you can look it up. It's like I think fifteen I read, books. I read more than kids' books. I don't think you read at all. I do. I am currently <laughs> You're reading the every outsiders. single day. Uh, I, I, I read um, The Outsiders to currently like, mm, I don't know, like 75 children. But my eighth graders were about to start reading uh, Edgar Allan Poe's Telltale Heart. And I love that short story because I'm a weirdo. Okay, we do have three questions. <gasps> oh, questions, From please. 50 minutes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Favorite, and I quote, this guy is the chosen one moment for Anakin. No, I I'm as, I have the phone. I have so, the question. Let me, can I read the question? Because I'm not comprehending. Are you okay? You, what, what, do you, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by what like, moment? This guy what like, ma- what what moment made you go? Yeah, this guy's the chosen one. None. He's not the chosen one. He is evil. I never thought that he was the chosen one. I thought that he was truly um, manipulated into thinking that he was the chosen one. Because you know, then it goes back to the oh, there was a prophecy, but was it truly a prophecy? If they were aware of the prophecy and they were like <laughs> trying to like have the prophecy. I don't, I don't know. Like it's, it's a mental mind combobulation. Yeah. I have a problem with it because I, there's nothing that he does in my mind. That's like, Oh, he's the chosen one. Because in Phantom Menace, when he blows up the trade Federation ship, it's by accident. And, and attack of the clones he gets his ass kicked by Dooku. And then he gets chopped to bits by Obi-Wan. And the only reason he beats Obi-Wan in new hope is because Obi-Wan lets him. And then the only person he ever beats is Luke. I mean, in the movies. I mean, there's obvious, like, comics and in game, he kicked Cal Kestis's ass, but, like... And, I mean, are you truly the chosen one if you think you're the chosen one? Because he was constantly, from the very beginning, um, like, it was thrown at him by Qui-Gon. Like, oh, I think he's the chosen one. He has, you know, an, a massive amount of midichlorians that... Uh, sorry, I suck at this. 
Um, he has a massive amount of midichlorians that is unseen, even even to the likes of Yoda. No, here's the thing: like it, when you when you talk about like the chosen one, I have to get into so many different discussions about what it means to be the chosen one. So what we're gonna do? So okay, let let me bring in Harry Potter for the moment. Um, so in all of Harry Potter, Jesus. Well, I'm sorry. This is what I I relate to a lot. Um, Star Wars other fans people out here other, other people out here will relate to it as well because no, they, they are nerds <laughs> we are all nerds alike but in Harry Potter there were two possible chosen ones there was Harry and there was also Neville Longbottom but no but seriously <laughs> because both <laughs> both both, both boys um, fit the all of the 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 stipulations to be the chosen one, but everyone was like, Oh no, it's Harry Potter because his parents were truly murdered by Voldemort. Whereas Neville's were just messed up by Bellatrix Lestrange, but like they both fit the stipulations of said prophecy to make them the chosen one. But since everyone just assumed it was Harry, Harry was in the eyes of everybody, the chosen one. Neville could have equally have been the chosen one. If everyone was like, Oh, the chosen one is Neville Longbottom. But that's not necessarily true, though, because Harry Potter had to let a piece of himself die to defeat Voldemort. It's very specific. But that has nothing to do with the prophecy. But it it does, Of the chosen one. But it does, though. No, in the end, Harry was the only one that could have defeated Lord Voldemort, but according to the prophecy, which I don't remember verbatim, um, really the only stipulations was that... (sighs) I'm not even going to go into it because people are going to crucify me if I get it wrong. So, you know. Woo-hoo. Well, you know, if what I just said was wrong, it doesn't matter. Anyway, Harry Potter is not that good. Um. <laughs> Excuse me? Anyway, so uh, before oh, you get. dare you. Bef- if you'd let me talk. I mean, I could. So the prophecy um, states a chosen one shall come born of no father and through him the ultimate balance and the force will be restored. George Lucas has always said that it's Anakin. I don't care what George thinks anymore. Uh, I mean, that's the ultimate take um, because I feel like um, it's been inconsistent and the trilogies and Anakin's progression has always been recontextualized because when the original trilogy released, he was never the chosen one because that was not the framing of Darth Vader. However, when the prequel trilogy came out, it was another story. So, a chosen one shall come born of no father. That could just easily be his Luke. That could easily be Ray. No, through him. Oh. Huh? Through him. Through 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 oh. him. Okay, he, but boy. Yes, but we've also in time, people have said man. It doesn't just mean a man. It could be... Born a, of no father through him. I mean, whatever. I don't... I mean, Han Solo. But uh, more so Luke than anybody, honestly. But what I'm saying is is that Vader and Anakin were completely recontextualized um, after the prequel trilogy come out. So this is... This is uh, it was backpedaling more so. And uh, then... I had to question when the Phantom Menace came out. It's like, are you talking? Are you referring to the prophecy of the one that will be bring balance to the force? And I'm like, bro, where'd this come from? What does that mean? And then ultimately, I have to talk about what bringing balance to the force really means because George has said that balance is no Sith uh, at all because it's more like a cancer to the force. And 
Uh, Ryan Johnson and Dave Filoni have uh, given drastically different takes where balance... It's, it's constantly changing. It's where it's yes. like the, the rubber band type push and pull. Like sometimes yeah. balance can mean... My, my, well, hang on. My understanding of it has always been there's equal amount of Jedi as there are Sith. But then there's also the push and pull aspect where, yes, at one point there's a whole lot of Jedi and then Anakin comes in and wipes the Jedi out, which then brings balance. But then he goes back to the dark side. It's just ever revolving. Well, yeah. I mean, when, when Anakin, um, leads order 60 Sith there are two Sith and two Jedi that remain yeah that would be the most balanced to the force and at the end of return of the Jedi there's still one Jedi and one Sith technically yeah since Ahsoka isn't ever actually a Jedi she's well yeah but yeah but what um one thing that's fascinating is like through Filoni we see the Mortis arc which portrays the uh, the daughter, the son, and the father, which is the father is almost acting as the chosen one, keeping each other in balance, if you will. And then you have Bindu from Rebels. Mm-hmm. I'm neither light side nor dark side. Yeah. Um, and then you have Ryan Johnson um, giving dialogue to Luke Skywalker. Yes, powerful light, powerful dark. So what we're seeing here is we're seeing like a dichotomy of characters. And I think the dyad... Uh, Going back to that, it kind of illustrates that perfectly. But I don't know what the prophecy of the chosen one is, so I can't really, um, in a roundabout way, I can't really answer that question. I know, I know. My my answer is going to be uh, when Anakin was on Tatooine and killed all of the women and children of the Sand People. (laughs) That's that's not. (laughs) I'm aware, but I don't think there's a good answer to that question because we would then have to really go into what is the chosen one. Does Anakin truly fit the, the, you know, the stipulations of being the chosen one, or was that more so him, him being the chosen one thrown upon him during all of this, all all of the prequel trilogy? Okay, I'm gonna spit out my head cannon, and then we're gonna move to the next question because I'm not I'm not gonna entertain this anymore. Um, my head cannon is that the Sith created the uh, prophecy in order to spite the Jedi so the Jedi would eventually believe in the prophecy and the prophecy would lead to their downfall. Well, and that's something so, that the Sith would completely do. When Rise of the Skywalker happened, my assumption was, oh, they're going to bring out Plagueis and then he's going to say, riddle me this, riddle me that, the chosen one. That was my jam that I put in the back. Anyway, um, that didn't do, happen. Do y'all want to hear my conspiracy? No, I Darth Plagueis is. No, please. He's done. He's dead. I think it's Palpy killed him. Okay, we. <laughs> I really need to read these questions. Okay, go on. Um, from text Chiss Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> aka that Look. guy Garrick. Oh my gosh, it is not him. <laughs> I love your name, by the way. He said, "If you could have breakfast with any creative or creative group from Star Wars, who would they be?" Bonus points if you choose to make them breakfast, or where would you take them? Bonus points if you choose to make them breakfast. Oh, okay. And where would you take them? So, okay. can I answer this first? Yeah, I mean, okay. go ahead. So, I really want to have breakfast with E.K. Johnson because she wrote my favorite of the Star Wars books, books, which was Ahsoka. And honestly, I would take her to eat breakfast at this little hole in the wall in Corn, Oklahoma. Okay, um, Corn, Oklahoma, uh, full of Mennonites and Amish. And they make the most bomb breakfast I've ever had in my entire life. Um, there's a cat on my chair. Um, 
You but, you don't have to grab the mic and not but talk. But I in. I feel powerful. And we'll actually talk into the mic. I am please. talking into the mic. There's green you're light. Like, green light, like, go. You're like, hey, okay. I'm talking hey, E.K. Hey. Johnson. Um, blah, blah, but E.K. Blah. Johnson, just because I think her and I would uh, really vibe and get along. Um, and then definitely uh, the Corn Cafe in Corn, Oklahoma. Um, just because they make bomb breakfast. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, any creative group, I feel like that's a, a given and an easy one, two, three for me. It's going to be Cavan Scott. It's going to be Charles Soule. It's I thought gonna it was Cavan. Justina Ireland um, and Claudia Gray. Mm. Can I add Claudia Gray to? Can I add Claudia Gray to my EK Johnson one? I don't care because that would be, oh, that would be so awesome. Anyway, um, <laughs> I would make them breakfast. I would make them my um, chili and eggs. <laughs> no, I would uh I would smoke a ribeye and serve them uh yes, smoked ribeye, hash browns, and over easy egg. That's what I would serve them with a cup of milk. So, my question <laughs> to you is why have you never made me this for breakfast? <sighs> Because you don't buy me ribeye because you always complain. Yeah, I guess they're expensive. Are you kidding me? Do you know how much meat is right now? <laughs> expensive. I'm sorry if y'all just heard my hick accent come through. Okay, anyway. So from Aaron underscore Sky Guy, he asks, how do you feel about the dyad in terms of how it helped the characters grow and evolve in the trilogy? And another question. Actually, let's just answer, answer that answer one that first. first. So how do I feel about the dyad and how they grew? And evolved in the trilogy. So, it it pains me. Or how it helped. It pains me that Ben died in the end. Yeah, I, re- I remember being in theaters and I already knew it was going to happen because I ran uh, read the spoilers and I just heard you go, <sighs> I'm going to cry. I did cry. I legit. I that was, that was what, 2019? Yep. Yeah, so that year I cried three times. Um, other than being pregnant because, you know, a lot of hormones. I cried three times. Uh, once when my child was born, um, pushing him out because that was traumatic. Um, the other time was, <laughs> I know y'all want to hear these. Uh, the other time was in uh, our one year anniversary, mainly because we went to go see Endgame. And I was like, this is so glorious. And then that happened. Um, Did that, happen? that was that was 2019. Was it not? I feel it was like 2018. Mm-mm. No. Because we got married in 2018. Fuck. Um, and then the third time was when Ben died because I was like, this is not how it's supposed to happen. Um, I, I do thoroughly like, um, honestly, now that I know, I didn't know at the time that when Ben, in the, talking about Force Awakens, when Ben, like, inserted himself into raise mind. Okay. <laughs> okay, I know that was the Jesus worst possible Christ. way to put it. Um but how that basically like opened her mind oh and stop. God. I didn't mean it like that. You made it weird. No, um <laughs> I did. He literally says, you know I can take anything I want. I know from that you, was right? weird. But Holy that's not that's shit. not the part that I like. The part that I like was <laughs> I that, hope not. <laughs> no, that's weird. The part that I like you know is I can take stop, whatever I want from Stop talking, I'm talking. I'm the cookie monster. Um, Stop was, grabbing your mind. I feel powerful while I'm doing it. Leave me alone. Jesus okay, Christ. So what I liked about the whole thing was that Ray was able to, you know, 
I don't know how to put this without making it sound bad, but she, she learned so much from, um, that situation. Oh my gosh, this is horrible. Um, but I liked that she continued as she continued to grow as a person and become a better Jedi. So did, uh, Ben in the sense that honestly, like with her help, he did kind of get closer and closer to equal ground. Do you know, like with the, I'm talking like with the rubber band, like we were talking earlier. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. Just let me know when you want to answer the question. I thought I was answering the question. I don't know where you're going. I liked you that. You want to play the rubber band man? <laughs> can you repeat the question, please? Holy shit. Just so I can make sure I wrapped my brain around this. How do you feel... Stop. About the Stop it. No, read it appropriately, please. How do you feel about the diet in terms of how it helped the characters grow and evolve in the trilogy? I okay. So I don't like how basically it put this stigma that Ray needs a man in order to learn how to be a Jedi. That part I don't like. Um their relationship as a whole, I think they were good for each other because it, it helped them to see the different sides of themselves and grow to be a better person and um, more involved with the force. Okay. Um, <laughs> first off, I don't think that was that's necessarily a stigma that she needed a man. Everywhere she turned, there was a man. There was Ben Solo. Then she turned again and it was Han Solo. Then she turned again and, oh, there's Luke. But that's 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 not really the point. Um, because in The Force Awakens, she even says, I can handle myself. She doesn't need Han Solo. No. She but doesn't even want the adventure. She rejects it. She rejects Ben. She rejects Luke. She embraces Leia. Well, the only time that she really is like, I don't need a man, is when Finn's trying to hold her hand and run. And she's like, I can run without you holding my hand. Well, he, she embraces his like friendship, but... I don't. I don't think the the stigma there that she needed a man is real. Needed a man is really a thing, and if that's a stigma, then that's just the wrong stigma. Um, and I prefer people just take a step back and just not. Um, so, so how do you feel about the dyad in terms of how it helped the characters grow and evolve in the trilogy? Well, I think it's a wonderful piece of storytelling because. Um, as cliche or overabundance as it sounds, it's like a circle. Whenever Ray is unbalanced or Ben is unbalanced, they both lose. They they share an equal footing in The Last Jedi, and that's kind of the climax of uh, their relationship and how the dyad has defined them. And ultimately, it's Ray learning um, that it's Ray learning and entrusting herself and the confidence in herself. Um, to um, with the ability to and justification to not only take care of herself or the fact that she can take care of herself, but the fact that uh, she believes in herself a bit more. So when she sees inside Kylo's mind, it gives her that confidence, gives her that extra knowledge. Problem is, is it scares her. So that is how you appropriately put that <laughs> when she looked yes. into Kylo's mind. Yes, um, and they saw a piece of each other. So um, it scares her, and when she meets her idol, she not only rejects the fear, but also rejects the teacher. She almost bottles it up inside, and 
the only time it's ever let out is when Ben and Ray confide in each other. So the dyad here is bringing them close. And at the end of The Last Jedi, it tears them apart. Only for the Rise of Skywalker to bring them back together and uh, confess that Ray and Ben have been having these dyad fits in which they can see each other through space and time. And where they tried to pull each other apart and stay away from each other, now they're glued in, now they're sucked in, and there's absolutely nothing they can do but come together and confront the fact that this is destiny. Like, we want to talk about a chosen one. This is two people of almost opposite status coming together to create something full and whole. I feel like the dyad is the closest thing to a chosen one Star Wars realistically has, honestly. You know, I really do like, though, because, you know, we mentioned earlier, like, maybe the Sith created the Chosen One prophecy to, you know, mess with the Jedi and whatnot. Um, But what I really, really like is the fact that the Sith have been trying, or Palpatine has been trying to recreate the Dyad his literal entire existence. And it's his granddaughter that does it with somebody, the, the grandson of someone he tried to create the dyad with but you know that goes into you know the sith trying to force and take things from the force whereas they just should have let it happen and see what comes of it like you know ben and ray had no idea probably had no idea what the heck a dyad was and the implication there is that um that palpatine says that the dyad or the rule of two is like a pale imitation to the dyad and so canonically um, not yet, but in Legends, we know that Darth Bane created the rule of two. I wonder if new canon Darth Bane will be the one to try to recreate the dyad by instilling the rule of two. I'm curious to see how that goes. So the second question says, what kinds of storytelling possibilities do you think the dyad force bond has opened up for Star Wars? Who, um... You want me to go? Yeah, you go first. Um, I think it will do wonders for the Knights of the Old Republic when it comes to Bastilla or Revan. I feel like there's infinite possibilities, and I really feel like the Acolyte series coming up is the perfect way to explain not only the Dyad, but the prophecy. Because Palpatine presumably has to be in it. Because, I mean, there's no Acolytes at that time besides Palpatine and Plagueis. Mm Mm-hmm. So it has to be those two. So you don't think Acolyte, when chronologically is... 100 years before Phantom Menace. Okay, so quite literally in between High Republic and Phantom Menace. Yep, it it ends the High Republic. So obviously the Acolytes are going to be nobody, well not necessarily nobody that we know from the High Republic, but I don't know. We just know that there's... A female, I think, uh, lead assassin. I think that's the only thing they've mentioned. Possibly Mother, Mother Townsend. No, um, but um, can I? Can I go answer? ahead? Because you you stated things that they could open up that's from the past. I took the question more so like, what does it open up for the future? Um, but there was something that I guess you had read and we had talked about where creative freedom. Well, yes, but we had... That's that's me. You, you and I had talked about somebody defining the dyad a little bit more where Ben is technically there in the world between worlds. I don't know if this was canon or somebody's... Oh, this was what I was going to write. Oh. 
Yeah, because um, I was I was going to, to write some, no, so I was going to write some fan fiction. Yeah, fucking shoot me. Uh, uh, we don't have to talk about it. I'm sorry. It was a really cool concept. No, no, it's fine. I was going to write about uh, fan fiction about how Ray is training Finn, and Finn thinks that they're training they're training so he can become a more powerful Jedi, and Ray is actually looking for secrets um to bring ben back to life unbeknownst to them um ray winds up getting killed and then what basically happens is a coin flip and ben rotates into the real world and ray is pushed into the world between worlds what they find out is that their force spawn can literally allow them once to be alive so ben discovers that he can with the flip of the switch bring Ray back, but he has to go back to the world between worlds. Kind of like a rule thing here so we don't go too crazy. And Ray comes back and he goes back in the world between worlds and she winds up finding a Sith artifact that allows them both um, to stay in the same world together in my canon. Revan and Bastilla used in order to stay in the same world, but it has a cost. Um, it's actually killing both of them or some shit like that. I don't know. I just wound up not writing it. Now everybody's probably gonna be like, write it. No, please. No. I mean, because no. that would be so cool. That's no. why I brought it up. I thought it was like a legit thing. Um, sorry to bring that up. Do we have another question? I think we have time for one more question. One more question. Um, from Jake, that bearded Jake. Top four cutest Star Wars aliens that aren't Porgs or Baby Yoda. Go. <laughs> um, are cute. Um, real, real. No. Claude. <laughs> no. Okay. No. That one too. Those uh, two. Claude is adorable. Okay, you go first then. Claude. Um What species is Claude? I don't I don't know. Um Claude is a um Claude is a slug. I don't know. <laughs> Claude is a trado trado to me trado to me. Trado to me? Was a troda me. I don't know. Um, Claude, um, the one, the species and Lando's um, little drive-by buggy that goes, okay, Babu oh. Frick. Oh, Babu. I got you, Jake. You forgot Babu. Uh, um, make you go black, black. Ewoks would be the easy choice. Salacious crumb species. <laughs> <laughs> no, what about what about the big salacious crumb species? You remember oh, in Resistance? God. No, that's not cute. That's terrifying. No, yeah, salacious crumb species just because uh, um, Poe Dameron shoots one off the ceiling. See, when he said cute, I went like a completely different route. Um, <sighs> I was thinking like pretty. Is that weird? Um, well, like cute and pretty sometimes goes together. Really, know. a baby and like Jennifer Aniston are like on the same pedestal. Well, what about the frogs in Mandalorian? Those things are freaking hideous. <laughs> or the pigs in Rebel, Rebels. That's with Hondo. I don't know. I don't. Know. Quite literally, looks like a pig. You can um, choose a blurg. Ew, no. Or great dragon. I have spoken. <laughs> um. But cute, like define cute. Like, aww. Um, what are the what is the species that's on? Do, 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 um, do, is it do, Batu? Do. Batu? Is that where wherever Luke is in Last Jedi? 
No. What? Is, where is he at? <laughs> okay. Um. So cute. Octo. Octo. You you yeah. can't choose porks. I'm not. The caregivers. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Okay. <laughs> um. Then I'm gonna go with the frogs in Mandalorian. Um. Because those, main, mainly they're tadpoles. <laughs> Ew. So cute. Um, so slimy. Yeah, I know, but they were cute. Um, so I got two more. Uh, um, um, uh, baby raincores. <laughs> what? You don't remember the baby raincore? You're Bad just Batch? going. They're so ugly. They're no, cute. they're cute. It's kind of like old people are cute. Then why don't we get a pug? Ew, those are ugly. Whatever. Ugh. That's so much love a pug. I thought you said you didn't want uh, a purebred dog. You need one more. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. I'm thinking processing. Um, okay. We see him in uh, the Clone Wars. The Zygerian, the the slave traders. I thought they they look like cats, and I thought they were cute looking. What the hell? <laughs> I'm, I'm alrighty. I'm a little uh, in the head. Alrighty. I know. Well, that's the last question we have. How convenient. How um, convenient for Find you. out Will Poulter was cast as Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy. From We're the Millers? That dude's like the <laughs> ugliest dude I have ever seen. He's got the most punchable face. Yeah. Well, I, he's in... Just what, kick him in his... He's in um, Maze Runner, and he plays I a very him. punchable I character. I hate him. So, yeah, fun bonus episode. Uh, if you want us to do certain bonus episodes like me covering the new books that come out or Kaylee jumping on for whatever, uh, let us know. I don't even know if I'm going to release this. I think we should. It'd be um, fun. We will find out. Depends on how much Stetson is. But he's like part of us. Depends on how much Stetson is in the background because that's really irking me. So I'm going to go eat some Panda Express. Oh. Adios. Panda, 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 panda. panda, panda.